Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. I'm going to read 1 Chronicles 28.7, and I'm also going to read Isaiah 55, 6-11. Okay. First Chronicles 28, 7, and thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts and understands He understands all the imaginations of the thoughts. A perfect heart and a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts. Somebody say all hearts. And understandeth all imaginations of the thoughts. Somebody say thoughts. Isaiah 55, 6 through 11. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. Let the wicked forsake his way. Somebody say amen. And the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways saith the Lord for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts For as the rain cometh down and snow from heaven and returneth not thither but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Amen. Brother Trent got up here this morning and talked about the word will produce. Come on, somebody. How many know the word will produce? It will bring forth. It will give bread to the seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Come on. It'll give you everything that you need. When it is planted, it will not return void. That means it won't return empty, but it will accomplish that which it sent it to. Somebody say amen. I want to talk this morning on this subject for just a few minutes. Changing my thoughts. Changing my thoughts. Amen. Won't you lay your Bibles down? Lift up your hands to the Lord this morning and ask Him to speak to you one more time. God, we love you today. We're thankful for your word. We know that your word's anointed, God. 
I pray that you would anoint us to hear and to understand your word. God, I pray that you would anoint your messenger this morning to speak your word. Help me to preach good, Lord. We'll give you all the praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Changing our thoughts. We know that the Bible tells us that we are, we are body, we are soul, and we are spirit. We have a body, every one of us have a soul, and every one of us have a spirit. Somebody say amen. Whether you realize it or not, you are a spirit being. Amen. The Bible says that in the book of James that that faith without works is dead. Like the body without the spirit is dead. So faith without works is dead. We realize that when our spirit, when our body dies, our spirit leaves. Somebody say amen. Uh, you are not just a body. Elbow your neighbor and say there's more to you than meets the eye. Amen. There's more to you than what we can see. Come on. There's a lot more to us than, than, than what we can see with the natural eye. Too many times we focus on only what we can see. Amen. What we can see with the natural eye. Amen. When you're, when you're, when you're looking for a spouse, amen. When you're, uh, when you're available and you're looking for a spouse, you, uh, too many times we focus on what we can see. How many know that that's not the most important thing? I don't say it's not important, but it's not the most important thing. Somebody say amen. Amen. It's, uh, there has to be an attraction, but there's more to a person than what you can see with your eyes. If you're somebody that only understands that you're a body, then you will do everything you can to meet the needs of the body, but there will be a neglect to the most important parts of your being. Somebody say amen. There's more to us than, than just our physical body. There's more to us than what we can see. Amen. There's more to us than just our muscles and our hungers and the appetites of our body. There's more. Somebody say there's more. Amen. We are body, soul, and spirit. Our soul is, is the center of who we are. In the Bible, the, the Bible talks about the heart of a man. Amen. The heart of a man. Amen. The, the, the center of a man's being. Amen. The, 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 the soul of a man is, is the center of who you are. It's, it's the seat of your emotions. Come on. It's the, it's, 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 it's the thought processes. It's the, it's, the, it's the mainframe of the center of who you are, of where all of the decisions are made and all of the desires are found and everything that flows forth from, from who you are flows forth from your soul. Amen. It flows forth from, from, from that part of you. Amen. Our soul, amen, is not saved. Somebody say amen. 
the soul part of us is the is the center part of us. Amen. Between the spirit and the body. Amen. The soul of a man is his intelligence. It's his it's his intellect. It's it's his emotions. Amen. It's uh, it's 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 what has been affected by uh, the environment or the experiences that he has had in his lifetime that has developed in him a certain amount of thought process, a certain type of thought process and conclusions come to based on what he's been through. Amen. I want to tell you this morning that if you're living your life uh, based on everything that has happened to you and making decisions in your life based on all of the bad things and sinful things that have happened to you that you're making decisions out of an unredeemed soul come on out of a part of you that's not been washed in the blood that's not been sanctified by the spirit and it it in and of itself cannot make decisions that are right with God. Amen. It cannot do what you're asking it to do. It will never give you what you're asking for. Somebody say amen. Amen. It's the, it's, it's the center of the thoughts. Somebody say it's the center of the thoughts. Amen. It is, the, it is, it is in your soul that where you either feel empty or you fear filled. Somebody say amen. It's the part of you that longs for more. Amen. It's the part of you that 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 searches for something. Amen. It's that part of you that 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 tries to understand the happenings of the world around you. It's that part of you that that's searching and seeking and trying to find its way. Somebody say amen. It's that part of you that, that wants to try to figure out, come on, how that I can be successful, how that I can make it, how that I can be enough, come on, how that I can reach my dreams, how that I can reach and obtain what I'm looking for, amen. It's that part of you, amen, that is looking for more, amen. It's looking for something. It don't even know what it's looking for, but it's searching for something. All it knows is that it don't have what it needs, but it's looking for what it needs. And so we search the world over. We look we, we look in relationships and, and we look in the, the, the elements of this life to try to bring happiness and fulfillment to our souls, but nothing works. And we look for success and we go to college and we get an education and we try to learn our way to happiness and learn our way to fulfillment, but we can't obtain it and we can't reach it. Come on. And we search and we think, if I can just get enough money, if I can just find a good job where I can have the security of this life and everything that I long for, then I'll be happy and then I'll be fulfilled. But I want to tell you this morning uh, that there is no fulfillment in an unredempted soul. There is no fulfillment uh, in a soul that's still lost. Somebody say amen. Amen. It's from our soul that the thoughts come forth. Amen. It's the, it's the heart of man. Somebody say the heart of man. It's, the, it, it's out of the heart, the Bible says. Somebody say, out of the heart. I want you to put Mark 7, 15. Start at 15. Everybody get your Bible and open it up. I want you to see this.
There is nothing from without a man that entering into him can defile him. But the things which come out of him, those are they that defile him. What he's saying is, there's not, there's the things that you put into your body are not the things that make the body sinful. It's the things that come out of a man that defile him. Come on, let's go to verse 16. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was entered into the house from the people, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. Go on. And he saith unto them, Are ye so without understanding also? Do you not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entereth into the man, it cannot defile him. It cannot make him sinful. Go on. Because it entereth not into his heart, but into the belly, and goeth out in the drought, purging all meats. What he's saying is anything you put in your body, that's not what's making you sinful because it's going to go through and it's going to come out. It doesn't enter into the heart. Somebody say amen. Verse 20. And he said, that which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. Verse 21. From, for from within, somebody say within, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, somebody say thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murderers, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evils, evil things come from within and defile the man. Somebody say amen. And so it's out of the heart that comes forth the evil. Come on. It's out of the heart of man. Amen. It, it's out of what's on in the soul. Come on. What's in the thought process. It's out from the heart that precedes the evil thoughts. Amen. It's out of the heart of a man where all the evil comes forth. Amen. And he's saying if things are coming out of us that are evil things, that's what defiles a man. Amen. Out of from within comes all of these evil things. And if they the actions of what's in the heart is evil. Come on. That will defile a person. Amen. It's not what you put into a man that defiles him, but that which he does, the actions that he submits to. Come on. The thought process that he submits to are the things that are done with the hands. Come on. If we want to change anything in our life, we need to change our thought process. Come on, if there's anything that we need to work on, it's the thoughts that are proceeding from our mind and from our spirit. Somebody say amen. Out of the heart. Somebody say out of the heart. Amen. Come all of these evil things. What's in a man will come out of a man. Somebody say amen. What's in me will come out of me. What's in you will come out of you. Whatever's in your heart, that's what's going to control the thoughts. Amen. Whatever's in the heart or the center of your being, that's what's going to control your thought process. Amen. And it's ultimately the thought, proce thought process that controls the actions of a man. 
Amen. But the ultimate location of what a man is thinking in his mind, it comes from his heart. Somebody say amen. It flows forth from who he really is on the inside. Man, who we are has been has been has been developed over the years of our life. Who we are as a person, amen. The things that we've gone through, the things we've experienced, come on, the things that we've learned, the things that we've heard. Come on, the way that we were brought up, the environment that we were brought up in has developed us to think a certain way. Come on, it's developed certain things in the heart that we cannot change in and of ourselves. Come on, has anybody ever tried to change things in your life, but you ultimately just cannot change it yourself? Come on, you struggle against it and you fight against it, but you find out that that's who you are. Amen. That's who you are in and of yourself. Somebody say amen. Who I am in and of myself, that is who I can be in and of myself. I can't be anything more than what I am without God. Amen. I can struggle. I can fight against it. But ultimately, if the heart of mankind is not changed, then nothing else will change. If you look at the human body, everything revolves around the heart. Amen. Everything, everything feeds off of the heart. Everything, the blood start goes from the heart and it feed, it goes through the veins and the arteries and it feeds every other part of the body because if, if the heart's not right, nothing else in the body matters. If the heart's not right, it doesn't matter what your motivation is. You cannot be what you want to be and you cannot become what God wants you to come. At some point in your life, there has to be a heart change. At some part, point in your life, there has to be a change on the inside. Somebody say amen. There's got to be a change of heart. In the days of Noah, the Bible says that the heart of man was continually wicked. In the Bible, it says the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Amen. Well, well, I'm a good person. Has anybody ever said that? Well, they're a good person. Amen. Uh, no, they're not. No, the Bible says there's none good. No, not one. None good but God. It's exactly what it says. There's none good. There is none righteous. Come on. There is none right. There is none that can stand in the gap. There is none that can be uh, what God wants. There is none that in and of themselves can ever become what's, what's, what's pleasing in the eyes of God. The only way they can ever become something that's pleasing in the eyes of God is they have to lay down on an altar of repentance. Come on. They got to lay their heart on the altar and they got to die right there and they got to receive a life that God wants to give them. Somebody say amen. We can't get that in and of ourselves. We have to submit to the plan and the purpose of God in our lives. We have to submit to the way that God wants us to live. And we have to get his word for our life. Somebody say amen. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. 
Amen. Our thoughts. Somebody say our thoughts. Now, I was always under the assumption that our thoughts came from our minds. Okay. Uh, and, and I always perceived our minds to be our brains. Right? Our brain. And I said, well, if I can change my brain, I can't change my brain. Amen. Uh, if I could change my brain, then, then I can get my thoughts worked out. Amen. But how many know that the thoughts are not necessarily part of the brain? The brain is attached to the body. Come on, we are body, soul, and spirit. Amen. Our thoughts don't come from our brain. They come from our heart. Come on, this is why when we talk about uh, taking medication to fix your thoughts, this is why it don't fix it, because it medicates the body. Come on, but there's a part of us that's deeper than just my brain. Come on, there's a part of my being that's deeper than just this physical thing, my brain. Yeah, I realize that my the center of my soul uses my brain to operate in this world. Come on, it uses my brain to do what it wants to do. Amen. But ultimately, the brain is just a tool that the soul is using to use the body to do what it wants it to do. Come on. So I want to ask you this morning that if your body is in control, you're going to do the wrong thing. Come on, if your body is in control, it's going to use the brain to do anything and everything it can to get gratification. Come on, but it will never reach to the soul. Amen. That's not the way that we are wired. We are wired to work from the inside out. Come on, we're wired to work in connection with the Spirit of God and to operate in the earth with our bodies in things that glorify God. Come on, we are called to operate as a whole being, body, soul, and spirit in the will of God. Somebody say amen. Our bodies are not saved. Our bodies don't want to be saved. Amen. Paul said, I feel a law in my members. Come on. It's the law of sin and death. And it's in my members. Amen. That what are the members of the body? It is, are the, the tools that the body has. It's the hands. Come on. It's the feet. It's the mind. It's the tongue. Come on. It's everything that the body has. These are my members. And in my members, in my body, dwells the law of sin and death. Amen. My body wants to do things that aren't right. Come on. My body wants things that I shouldn't want somebody. My body wants to do things and has appetites uh, that I cannot allow it to have. Come on. My, my, Paul said, I bring my body under subjection to the law of God. Come on. I work and labor to bring my body under subjection to the will of God and to the word of God. Come on. This body shouldn't be calling the shots. If it's calling the shots, we're going to live a life that's just ravaged with sin and ravaged with death and ravaged with pain and it'll never be fulfilled. It'll never really get what it wants. And ultimately it will lead to death. Somebody say amen. And so our body's pulling on our spirit. Or on our soul. And our soul's trying to meet the needs of the body. Somebody say amen. Think about it. The soul is, is, is desperately. It's, it's desperate. 
It's wanting. It, it, it thinks it has the answers. It thinks it knows the way. Amen. It tries to reason it out and find its own path. Come on. It tries to find its own way of redemption. It tries to find its own way of fulfillment. It, it wants to do it its own way, the foolishness of its own heart. Come on. It, it wants to try to try to put away the, 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 the thoughts of God and it wants to go the way that it wants to go. Amen. It wants to do what it wants to do. Amen. But we have to understand today that God knows the heart of man. Come on. God knows the thoughts of every person. God knows the well, what it was that developed you to think the way that you think. And he knows what needs to happen to have you transformed to think the way that you should think. Come on, somebody. We're not there yet. Isaiah 40, 65 and 2, I have spread out my hands all the day unto a rebellious people, which walketh in a way that was not good after the, their own thoughts. Somebody say their own thoughts. That, used, that word there used, it's a contrivance. It's a, it's a skill used to bring something about or create something. It's a plan. It's a scheme. Amen. It's, a, it's, it's the thoughts. It's the... It's what's going on on the inside of you to try to get where you think you need to go. Come on. Amen. Every one of us have schemes working. Every one of us have things going on in the inside. We're trying to get it our own way. Come on. We're trying to make it work. We're trying to make it successful. We're trying to get what we need. The Lord says, I know their thoughts. Come on, they're going after their own thoughts. Isaiah 66, 18, he said, For I know their works and their thoughts. Amen. Micah 4, 12, he says, But they knew not the thoughts of the Lord, neither understood they his counsel. Amen. We have to understand that there is a part of us that wants to do it our own way and wants to wants to go the way that we want to go. Amen. And it's not the way of the Lord. Come on. I want to tell you this morning that we can never find the will of God doing it our own way. We can never find the will of God doing things and acting the way that we want to act and doing what we want to do. Somebody say amen. Thoughts that come from the heart of man will always be sinful and therefore destructive in nature. Somebody say amen. The thoughts of our mind empower our body to be sinful and therefore producing sin. Somebody say amen. The product is guilt, shame, and death residing upon our spirit. Somebody say amen. Amen. When we when we allow our heart to be un, unchanged and and we we allow our, our thoughts to be taken from our heart, we have no no choice but to be what our heart is on the inside. Somebody say amen. It's the process of what comes out of a man. Amen. Elbow your neighbor and ask him what's coming out of you. What's coming out of you? Amen. What's coming out of us this morning? Amen. What is the state of our soul? Amen. Our spirit is what connects us to God. Somebody say amen. God deals with our spirit. 
to change our heart. Come on. And then in turn affect our thoughts. The process of change starts with a spiritual connection to God. Amen. It's, it's, it's how we're made. It's the way that he made us. The spirit of a man, the Bible says, will sustain his infirmities. Amen. But a broken spirit, who can bear? Amen. The spirit of a man is what gives him the strength to overcome and to change. But when a man has a broken spirit or an unredempted spirit, who can bear? That means uh, you have no strength to overcome anything in your life. Somebody say amen. You, you think that drugs are the problem. Drugs are not the problem. Come on, it's a broken spirit. Amen. We think that alcohol's the problem, but alcohol's not the problem. It's the, it's the broken spirit. Amen. It's the spirit that's broken on the inside. It's your separation from God. Come on. It's the it's the it's the it's the it's the brokenness of your spirit that's that sin has caused that separated you from the Lord. That's caused you not to be able to fight off anything or be anything or to become anything. But if you get a connection to the spirit of God, come on. If you can if you can get a breakthrough in the spirit of God and the spirit of God can fill you on the inside, it will change you. From the inside out. Come on. It'll change your heart. It'll change your mind and change your body. Somebody say amen. It's through the spirit of God. Somebody say a spirit. My spirit needs fixed first. Man, I, I see people come into church and they want to change. Most people that come to church want to change. They have a desire to be different. Man. And so they, we come in and a lot of times we just try to be like everybody else. And we think, well, if I can just if I can just look like everybody else, if I, if I can if I can be like him, I'll be all right. Uh, but that's not the point. The point is not for for me to make you like me. That's ridiculous. Why would I want to make you like me? Amen. I, I need Jesus like everybody else. Amen. Amen. The point is to make us like him. Amen. So when Jesus died on the cross, he laid down his fleshly body for our sins. The body, the fleshly body paid the price for sin. Amen. That body had to die so that we could live. Amen. But when Jesus laid in the tomb for three days, and in three days the Bible says that the spirit quickened the body and came back into the body, and he got up in the body with a living body because his spirit was still alive. Come on, somebody. How many know that you can't kill God? Amen. And so the spirit of God, he said the same spirit that quickened, that, that raised Jesus from the dead. Everybody stay with me. Shall also quicken your mortal body by his spirit. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead and rolled the tomb away. Come on. Rolled the stone away. Lifted that body up that was beaten, that was nailed.
nailed to a cross that was de determined dead. He lifted up by the Spirit of God. So shall it be in our lives. The only way that you can experience life and life everlasting is through the Spirit of the living God. The only way you're going to get healing for your mind, healing for your heart, and healing for your body is through the Spirit of the living God. Somebody say amen. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. Say, I need the Spirit of God. Amen. I need the Spirit of the Lord. It's the Spirit of God that changes the heart of a man. Amen. When, 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 when you come into an altar of repentance and you lay it down, there is a there is an experience with God. Amen. Where the Spirit of God touches your spirit. Come on, there is, a, there, there, there is an interaction with the eternal. Amen. God is trying to bring the eternal into your temporal. Amen. He's trying to put in you eternal life. And that only happens through the spirit of the living God. Somebody say amen. The spirit of God, it, it, it changes the atmosphere of your heart. Amen. What does that mean? It changes... It changes the atmosphere of your heart, of the inside of you. It, it changes the, the, the feelings. It changes the, you know, when the, when the feeling of the heart is changed, it changes everything that comes forth from it. Come on. When the spirit of a heart is changed, it changes, it changes everything. It, it changes it from hate to love. And it changes it from anger to temperance. Come on. It changes it to excess, to, 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 to being able to have self-control. Come on. It changes it from, from a spirit of guilt and shame to a spirit of mercy and grace. Come on. When the heart is changed on the inside of a mankind by the spirit of God, it changes everything about it. Come on, somebody. Amen. It changes the atmosphere of your heart. You don't have to talk to somebody very long to feel the atmosphere of their heart. Because from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You can talk to somebody for just a few moments and you have felt their heart. Come on. You have felt the way that they feel on the inside. If there's hate coming out of it, they're hateful. If there's offense coming out of it, they're offended. If there's guilt coming out of it, they're guilty. If there's blame coming out of it, they're not blameless. Come on. Because out of the heart, proceeds what's in the heart and what's in the heart will come out of the heart that's why he said let every man examine himself amen whether he be in Christ or not in Christ. Come on, somebody. Amen. Because out if the heart's not changed, there's not been any experience with God. Come on, for if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. 
old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen. I'm not just talking about some things. I'm talking about all things. Come on, Jesus will change everything about you. Come on, he will change the way you think. He'll change the way you talk. He'll change the way you act. Come on, he'll change the way you treat your wife and treat your friends and, and how you act on the job and how you perform. He'll change everything about you because when he comes in, he brings life. Somebody say amen. He brings life. I want life. The Spirit of God changes the atmosphere and it makes the heart receptive to what God has to say. Somebody say amen. God's got something He wants to say. The heart of man being receptive and willing to change is the first step. Amen. If the heart never is willing to receive from God, it can never be changed. Somebody say amen. It takes the spirit of God changing the atmosphere and the word of God planting the seed. The word of God is the seed that he sows in the heart that ultimately changed the production process. When he sows his word, the concepts of his word, it begins to grow. Man, it begins to grow and to change things one, one thing at a time. Amen. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God that goes forth, it goes, it pierces past the outside appearance of a person, the outside shell of a person, and it and it and it and it dives into places in your being that you can't see or that nothing else can go. Come on. It it it's it divides asunder. Amen. Between the spirit and the soul. Come on. It divides what's of spirit, what's of God, and what's what's of God, what's, what's the word of God, and what's true, and what's good, and what's lovely, and what's pure. It divides that in one section, and then it divides what's evil, and what's negative. Come on. What's unpure, what's unholy, what's wrong. Come on. There is a dividing process that takes place in the spirit of a person when the word of God goes forth. Are you with me this morning? Amen. As that word pierces into your soul, it hurts. It goes in and it separates. Amen. It shows you what's good and it shows you what's evil. Come on. How I many know that's the first step? Discerning the difference between what's right and Amen. The word of God is what draws the line. Come on. It's what sets the precedence. It is the ultimate authority. Amen. And as we have a willing heart coming to God, open to what he wants to give us. Amen. He will pierce us with his word. 
Amen. And it'll get down on the inside of you and it's alive. Amen. And it'll begin to sort things out. Come on. It'll begin... You know, when a, when a doctor or a surgeon goes in and there's cancer in the body, amen, they go in, they, they open that, that body up and they go in, they dive into that place where there's infection and where there's cancer, come on, and they push past all of that good stuff that's there and they go to that one place to where there's cancer and they begin to cut it out, amen, and they leave everything that's operating the way that it should operate alone, amen, and they just cut out what's bad. That's what the Word of God does, amen. It divides asunder. It gets down to the heart of a man and it begins to divide things that are good and sets them aside and it begins to root out that which is bringing destruction and sin and death to the body. I want to tell you this morning that the word of God is necessary. It's powerful and it'll change your life. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. wondered you go to church and you're like every time he preaches he's preaching to me every time they every time I go to church they're talking about the bad things that I'm doing every it seems like every don't matter if it's just for a moment but God will point to something on the inside of us that he wants out of there Amen. What's he trying to do? He's trying to change your heart. Amen. He's trying to change your, he's trying to save your soul. Amen. He's trying to save your thought process. Come on. So there can be some production of that which is good in your life. He didn't, pre, he didn't, he didn't create us to produce death. Come on, he created us to produce life. Come on, he created us to have the blessings of the Lord. It's not the will of God for us to be under condemnation and judgment, living under the judgment of God all the time. He wants us to be able to be happy and to produce eternal, promising things in our world. But it's only going to happen through the changing of our heart. It's the word of God. Every time I remember I'd go to church and and it wouldn't be too long, and that preacher would start talking about something I was doing. And I'd get mad. I'd be like, he must be spying on me. What's, what's going on? He must be following me around, listening to my conversations. Amen. He, every time I'd be like, why is he always got to talk about something bad? Because that's what's going to change us. All that good stuff out of the spirit of the Lord. Amen. When the Lord wants to do a work in somebody's life, he'll push past all of that. Yeah, we need to hear that we're doing a good job and we need to hear that God is producing things in our life and we want people to see that and acknowledge that. That's a, that's a good part of following God. But when God really wants to help you, he will push past all that good stuff that you're doing and not change any of that. But he'll get to that one thing. Come on. He'll get to that one part of your life, that thing that you struggle with, that area of your life where you can't get over it. He'll, he'll, he'll hammer on that thing and he'll try to dig out that root and dig out that stump so that you can find healing for your own being because you'll never be able to step into the promises of God if you're thinking things that you should not be thinking. Amen. From the heart of man. I want somebody to say, change my heart, Lord. Change my heart, Lord. 
order for us to become what God wants us to become, our hearts want to have to be changed. Somebody say it's a process. Man, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. The key to becoming and growing and have a heart change is allowing the Word of God to pull down strongholds. Now, what is a stronghold? If you look up that word stronghold, it's, it's like a, a guarded castle. Yeah, yeah, it's like a fort. It's, a, it's, it's guarded with walls. It's, it's built strong. It's, it's a stronghold, all right? It's not going to be easily let go, all right? There's a thought process that we have based on where we come from that's not going to be easily let go, but it's going to be line upon line and precept upon precept obedience to the word of the Lord, one line at a time, one precept at, after precept. Come on, here a little and there a little. Come on, one word at a time, the Lord will begin to take the rocks off of that stronghold. Come on, amen, out of your heart. He'll begin to tear it down. Every time you're obedient to a word from the Lord, he takes another rock away. Every time that you give yourself to the word of God and he rebukes something in your life and you allow him to root it out, it's one more wall taken down. Come on. And it won't be long. It won't be long until every stronghold in your world is gone and you are free to serve the Lord. Somebody say amen. It don't happen overnight. But it takes a heart that's willing. Amen. Pulling down strongholds. Okay, so let's slow down. I don't want There's a process of revelation that comes. When you come to the Lord, you don't know anything about God. You know, you, you don't know you, you don't know anything. You just know how you feel know how you feel when you're in his presence. You know that that when I'm feel, when I'm out at my house by myself, I feel terrible. But when I get in the presence of the Lord, something changes. Amen. That's a uh, that's a revelation of the presence of God. God is trying to show you, look, this is where you're at and this is what I have for you. Amen. You can feel it when you're in the presence when the house of the Lord. How many know what I'm talking about? You can feel that peace. You can feel the love. You can feel the joy. Come on. You, you can feel it. Amen. But when, when you go back to your house, it's like you step back into. Anybody know what I'm talking about? As soon as you walk in, you're like, what am I doing wrong? Why do I feel like this? Because you're going into the presence of the Lord. You're not living in it. 
And you're experiencing the presence of the Lord, but the presence of the Lord is not experiencing you. You know, you're, 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 you're stepping in, you're coming from outside, and you're coming where the presence of God is, but when you leave, you're not really taking him with you. Amen. There's got to be a change. Amen. Because Jesus is here for the taking. He's here for everybody. Amen. And, and as, you, as you begin to get that revelation, there should be a desire in your heart for more. For more of God. I want to feel more of what I felt on Sunday morning. Somebody say amen. I want to feel more of what I felt in Bible study. I want to feel more of what I felt when I was praying. I want to feel more of what I felt when that praise team was singing and I felt the anointing of the Lord. I want to feel more of it. Amen. And that is a willing heart and an open heart to the word of God. And God's saying, if you want more, then you got to do this. If you want more, then you got to be obedient to my word. Somebody say amen. Amen. As we grow in obedience to God, we grow in freedom. We grow in peace. We grow in love. Somebody say amen. And we begin to cast down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And we bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You see, there's a process of, of growth. Some, some people say, well, how, every thought, really? And, and to a lot of us, that seems impossible. But that's not where it starts. It starts in casting down imaginations. It starts in casting down the big things. Amen. The, 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 the big thought processes in your mind. Amen. How many know what I'm talking about? Amen. There are big things in your life. There are imaginations of the heart. They're coming forth from the heart that's been wounded or hurt or sinful. Come on. They're coming forth from, from that part of the heart. Amen. But in order to change those things, you have to cast them down. Amen. You have to recognize that that is not of God. Amen. You got to recognize when, when there's a thought, a huge thought coming into your mind and your heart. It's something that you think about often. Amen. It's something that holds your mind in, in a stronghold. Amen. It's something that has your mind wrapped up and you can't do away with it. You can't, you got to begin to cast those things down. Amen. You got to begin to realize that's not of God. That's not coming from God. I need to know what God thinks about. Amen. And so when you begin to find out, get in his word and find out what God thinks about that thing that I can't get over. All of a sudden, the word of God begins to war against the imagination of your heart. Amen. And now there's a fight over your soul. Come on. But until that happens, your soul is free game to believe whatever it wants. Amen. It's the interjection of God's word that gives us the ability to step out of where we've come from and step into where God wants to take us. Come on. There are imaginations of our heart that are destroying us. There are imaginations of our heart that are leading us down the wrong path, leading us into things that are going to bring destruction to our world. But I'm praying by the power of the spirit of God and by the power of the word of God that those things are going to be brought down. Those things are going to be cast down in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Casting down an imagination. 
man, what's an imagination? Have you ever been sitting, you know, they always say that idle time is the devil's playground. You ever hear that? So there's times where you're sitting by yourself and uh, all of a sudden there's a, there's an imagination that comes to you. Okay. And if it comes out of your heart, uh, we're not going to be able to display it on the screen. Because this is a G-rated church. Somebody say amen. Anybody want their thoughts put up here? Come on, we're looking for volunteers. You begin to imagine, and you step out of reality, and you step into something that is an imagination, but you're experiencing that in your heart. That's happening in your heart. That's why when Jesus was talking about adultery, he said, if you look on a woman and lust after her, you've committed adultery in your heart already. It's in your heart. Somebody say amen. Amen. And so you step out of really reality and you step into an imagination. But that imagination is really the reality of your heart. Amen. When you begin to have those imaginations and they begin to take you places and cause you to think things that you should not think, that's coming from your heart. Amen. Anytime that happens, I'm like, whoa. Getting off the train. Amen. I'm getting off the train. I'm not going there. Amen. I, I know what that brings. I know what, the reality of that action. Come on. I know what that, uh, when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. I cannot allow the imagination to have the control that it wants to have. So I'm going to cast it down. Come on. I'm going to throw it down and I'm going to walk away from it. I'm going to get out of it. Some of us are living in imagination. Amen. Our relationships with people, we imagine. We, we, we imagine. We have imaginary fights. We have imaginary arguments. We have imaginary thoughts and perception of what people think of us. Come on. We have an imagination of what God thinks of us. Come on. We have an imagination of, of what the church is and what the people in the church are. We have imaginations of, of, of the personality that person has and how they feel about you and you never talk to them. We have imaginary. I've had imaginary fights with people. I say, I'm going to go up and I'm going to say, that's not going to play it out in my mind. This is what I'm going to say. I'm going to punch him in the mouth. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. And you, and you waste half a day thinking about something that will never happen. And then you go and talk to them, and it turns out totally different. Man, I wasted my time. Come on, I wasted 
I mean, how many times have you have you mauled over things in your imagination? Didn't pray about it one second, but mauled over it in your imagination, and you were fearful, and you had anxiety about it, and you couldn't overcome it, and you're like, why can't I get past this? Thinking about this, but it never happened. The the confrontation never happened. The the, the situation never happened. It was a circumstance that the enemy was trying to destroy your mind over and get something in your heart. ever imagined that how many's ever imagined that that your pastor hated you or didn't like you he don't even like me every time he preaches about sin he looks at me how come every time he says that he looks at me that don't have nothing to do with me <laughs> come on somebody it has nothing to do with me. I'm just doing what God's told me to do. Don't be talking about me like I'm doing something wrong. You're murmuring against God. Come on. You're talking about the Lord. Amen. He, he's got something for you. He wants to change your life. He wants you to realize that the imaginations of your heart is not where peace is found. It's time to step out of an imaginary life, an imaginary world, and step into reality and the certainty and the truth of God's word that was founded from the foundation of the world. He's got a word for your life that is foundational, that will change everything about you, and that will take you into eternity. Every imagination is based on assumption. You know what they say about assuming? I'm not going to say it, but you know, I think we, we can read between the lines here this morning. Assumptions are things that are perceived but not necessarily true, they're hypothetical. Amen. All imaginations are based on assumption. Amen. They're not real. Amen. My pastor tells me, don't ever base anything on assumption. If you don't know it to be true, come on. Don't say it because assumption breeds doubt. Come on. It breeds doubt and unbelief. It takes you the opposite direction that faith takes you because the only way you can have true faith is faith in what's true, faith in God's word, amen. If you know it to be true, you put your faith in it and you walk it out and you know that every step that you're taking is ordered of the Lord, it's foundational, it's on the path that he has for me, it's gonna take me exactly where God wants me to go. But every imagination that's based on assumption will breed doubt and unbelief and it'll take you down a path that will lead you to destruction. Hear me tonight. It's time for us to cast down imaginations. Let everything be done through the authority of God's word. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. God's word will confront every imagination. Come on. How many know we grow by faith to faith? Amen. We, we, we grow. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. As the word of God comes, we bring every thought into the obedience of Christ. Amen. How many know?
that the thoughts are the produ- are what's in the heart. Amen. Ultimately. So when the word of God comes, it pierces down to the center of your heart and it gets to the true root of the problem. You see, because the action is not the problem. We preach against the sin, but sin's not the problem. The problem is the heart. And the word of God can change every heart. Come on. It can change the heart. It can change what's in the heart. Amen. If we will allow it, he will allow us to change everything about us. Amen. Everything that we've been through, everything that we've experienced. Come on. All of the hurt, all of the pain. Amen. He has a way of taking what was sent for evil and turning it around for our good and helping us to understand the process of salvation and healing and restoration and giving us a testimony of the glory of God in our lives. I don't know about anybody else in this building this morning, but I want to have a a willing heart and I want to be changed in the foundation of my being I don't want just my, my spirit to be saved, I want my soul to be saved, I want my thought process to be saved, I want my actions to be saved somebody say amen why does God hate sin It's contrary to his word, first of all. Amen. And I just said a few minutes ago that it's not the sin necessarily that is the problem. But God hates the sin. Why does he why does he hate sin? It separates us from him. What else does it do? brings death. Amen. It produces death in our lives. Amen. It's the end result that he's worried about. Because he knows what's going to happen to us if we continue to live this way. Come on. He knows what's where we're going to end up if we continue. And he doesn't want that for us. It's not his will that any should perish. But that all would come to repentance. It's not his will that any of us should be destroyed and damnation and separated from him for eternity. That's not his will at all. He hates it because of what it's done to mankind. Amen. He hates it because it will ultimately lead us to a path of destruction. Man. But it's not the action necessarily that he hates. It's the conception of it. Amen. It's the development of it on the inside of us. It's the development of wrong. Have you ever thought about that? That my wrongdoing is more than just me doing something wrong. I had to, I had to conceive it in my heart first. I had to think about it in my thoughts. And I had to plan. I had to plan it out. more than just the action. It's where it's starting. 
It's the development of it. And so you asked this morning, how do you stop it? I get it out of my heart. I got to get it out of my heart. I got to get it out of my heart. If it's in my heart, I got to find it in God's word. God's word sown in the heart will change the heart. Come on, somebody. As I give my heart to the word of God, it'll change the heart. And when it changes the heart, it'll change the thought process. And if it changes the thought process, I won't any longer be trying to figure out how I'm going to commit sin. I'll be trying to figure out how I'm going to please God. I'll be trying to figure out in my mind how I can get closer to the Lord. Come on, how I can be more pleasing in his eyes. Amen. That's why Paul said, don't make provision for the flesh. That's why, that's why I say alcohol and drugs are not the problem. They're a product of the problem. Amen. How many ever noticed when, uh, when all of us, when you begin to step out of reality, you ever got high or you ever, you ever got, got tipsy on some alcohol. Amen. All of a sudden what's in the heart starts coming. at all saying what I need to say. Right? Get them alcohol muscles. Have you ever had them? I didn't want to fight till I got drunk. I don't want to fight everybody. Come on. Because it just it just magnifies what's in the heart. Amen. It magnifies what's what's on the inside. Amen. It opens the door. It's an avenue through which he can use to get things out of you that you should not be doing. Come on, somebody. Amen. We got to realize this morning. Amen. God is concerned about our salvation. God is concerned about our souls. Amen. If our souls are going to be saved, we're going to have to allow God's word to have authority in our lives. Come on, somebody. We're going to have to allow God's word to have to, to be the ultimate authority in our lives. If God's word says it, I believe it, and that settles it. If God's word says it, I'm going to obey it. I don't care how I feel about it. I'm going to do it because that's going to lead me down the path that I need to go. Amen. Don't allow your heart, the, the, the reason, don't allow your heart, uh, the authority to override the word of God. Stand with me all around the building. When we allow our heart to have say, it stands in resistance against, it stands in resistance against God's will for our life. Has anybody ever felt like they were in a tug of war? you're in a like you're in a tug of war you're being pulled both directions there are forces that want to keep you unsaved 
There are forces that are set against you to want to keep you where you're at. But then there's a force that's trying to pull you out. Every time a preacher gets up and begins to preach the word of God to you, he's throwing you a lifeline. He's throwing you an opportunity. He's throwing you a way to get out. Man, I don't take any surface for granted. Amen. I get in there and I listen with everything that I have. And if there's anything that pricks my heart, pricks my heart, it's very uncomfortable. You know what I'm talking about. It begins to hurt on the inside. And I know the Lord's talking to me. And in that moment, I have an opportunity. God's giving me an opportunity to get that out. There's growth if you let him. But if not, you will digress. You'll go, you'll regress, you'll go backwards. You'll lose ground. Amen, little, you'll lose joy. You'll lose peace. Amen, you'll begin to suffer. Come on. <laughs> you'll begin to feel the weight of that. Amen. God will throw you a lifeline. He will prick your heart. And we, in the church world, we, we've grown accustomed to that. I think. Over the years, after you're in church for a while, you grow accustomed to the pricking of the heart. If, you have, if you're in a church where, where you're hearing the word of God and you're there's times where God begins to convict you and you feel guilty. That's a blessing. Man, we should run towards that because that is God reaching for us. He's letting you know this part is not right. There's a lot that's going your way, but this part right here, if it's not taken care of, come on. If it's not rooted out, if it's not settled, it's going to cause you issues. Amen. It needs to be out. Amen. God is calling. Amen. Anytime he pricks my heart, I run to the altar and I lay it before him. And I say, Lord, I can't do this myself. I can't live this out myself. I'm sorry that I've done it this way. I'm sorry that I've, I've done the thing, those things. I'm sorry I've said those things. I'm sorry that I've thought those things, Lord. I didn't mean to. I didn't know it was in my heart, but it's in there. And God, I, I need you to help me. I need you to take it out. Come on, help me. Help me, Lord. Help me take it out, God. And he will begin to root out and heal the effects of those things in your life. And bring deliverance to your soul. Oh, somebody lift your hands to the Lord and just love him this morning. God, I'm thankful for your word. God, I'm thankful, Lord, that you care enough, God, to tell me when I'm wrong. I'm thankful, God, that you care enough, Lord, to chastise me. Your word declares whom the Lord loves. He rebukes and he chastens. God, I pray that you would never, that you would never quit reaching, that you would never quit correcting, that you would never quit rebuking, Lord. God, give us the discernment, God, awareness necessary to receive every correction, every moment of rebuke and chastisement, God. In the name of Jesus, help us to lay it upon the altar this morning. 
God, help us to bring it to you, Lord. Bring our hearts before you and lay them out upon the altar, Lord, so that you can change our thought process. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray. I pray that you would meet us here this morning and that you would do what only you can do. In Jesus' name. Come on, why don't we as a church, why don't we find our way up here to the front? Why don't we lift our hands to the Lord? If you want to kneel before him, kneel before him. If you just want to reach your hands and pray, standing, reach your hands and pray. But call on the name of the Lord this morning. You know if I was preaching to you or not. You know if there's things in your heart that you need to get right with God. Come on, let him deal with you this morning. Let him root those things out. Come on, let him start the healing process. Heal my heart. Saturate my spirit, Lord. Come on, move up here closer. Let these folks in behind you. Come on, in the name of Jesus.
Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.